Welcome to Hello Health Today, where health is a leadership strategy. I'm Dr. Carmen Mohan. Joining me today as part of our Women at the Helm series is consultant, coach, and facilitator Deirdre Glover. In 2015, Deirdre founded Concert LLC, a consulting and professional services firm. Deirdre and her team help organizations bring together the all-important four Ps, people, processes, purposes, and potential. Deirdre and I spoke about reaching into the past to find inspiration. I love the language of our younger selves. It's unencumbered by the world. Finding your why will sustain you through tumultuous times. The why has breath, and the why has a touchstone and comfort and connection. Deirdre, welcome to Hello Health Today. Thank you so much, Carmen. I'm glad to be here. You've been an advisor to Hello Health since our inception. Why did you agree to help us get off the ground? Absolutely, I sure have. And the the main reason is I believe in the impact that you can have in our community on individual leaders and just ultimately helping people find their source of health as a leadership strategy. So I believe in the mission. Oh, wow. Not many people can see the vision of what could be before there's anything concrete to show, right? So what makes you able to see the invisible? Hmm. Part of it is uh, my wiring as a kid. I've always been an explorer by um, nature. And part of that is seeing what's possible and going after it. So uh, part of that is imagination. Part of it is knowing you and knowing your amazing team. And that's that's what's always been a, a great gift in my life. As you coached me through those earliest of days, I remember telling you that becoming an entrepreneur is a spiritual journey for me. I felt like I had a makeshift raft. I've pushed away from the shore, but I didn't even have a paddle. It took a lot of faith not to look back and wish I was back on dry land. How did you feel when you launched Concert? Oh, my goodness. It was both thrilling and exhilarating, but it was also really um, challenging. And part of the opportunity that presented itself was to say, let me reconfigure my definition of excellence. I can take my standard of excellence with me, but perfection, let's leave that at shore. Um, and, (laughs) and I also said, listen, success is in the doing. So let's go out here and roll up our sleeves and do some things. Are you truly fearless or do you just like looking change directly in the face? (laughs) I do like looking change in the face. And I would not say that I'm fearless. I'm a person who believes in feeling the fear, but doing it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about service offerings with concert these days. Mm, Thank you for the ask. At the end of the day, part of what we work to do is make the complex accessible We help people access their own abilities um, and and find their first, their their own voice as a leader. Uh, We help people navigate change. We do that with organizations, teams, and individual leaders. And we help people get unstuck in the places where they are. So I live in a change world. So as you can imagine, we've been pretty pretty busy given the changes that have been happening in our society lately. Yes. Well, (laughs) as a benefactor of your process and your program, I I can't thank you enough for helping us navigate so much uncertainty. Hmm. 
It's absolutely been my pleasure. Uh, A big part of this work is the discovery of going inward. We don't look for answers completely outside. We go, we excavate and go internally and find the voice and our intention and what we want and use that to shape the lens for what we go after in life outside. As concert has grown, what surprised you most? Oh my, Um, just the fact that there's learning available at every moment. It is not just when we're strategic planning. It's when I am in one-on-one time with clients, when I am brainstorming with my team, when I'm reflecting in preparation for being with clients. And honestly, that dream space that I gave myself as a gift in the beginning of this, I still use. And I, I still feel that fire in my belly that I felt before we opened our doors. The dream space. Yes. What's the dream space? Can I go there? <laughs> you can. You can. I feel like we have an opportunity. I, I work to invite leaders and myself, honestly, to dream and bring that imagination from, you know, when we were kids that inform not only what we do, but why. And so I love getting into a space and and thinking about my individual clients and saying, what is their path? What's in their way? And how can we best help them sort of break through in the places where they do? So it's bringing in things that spur the imagination, honestly. Well, you know, it's really interesting because in our work together, you actually encouraged me to go back to some of my childhood journals. I don't know if you would remember that advice. (laughs) It was great advice. And inside a journal I wrote when I was a teenager, I actually wrote, I want to work with leaders and really high flyers. I want to support high flyers to do great things. I actually wrote that. Isn't that funny? It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) And I love the language of our younger selves. It's unencumbered by the world at that point. And we can speak about the circus and high flyers. And I love that. So I, I love it. And I believe that that's cool. You mentioned your team. What's your philosophy for leading your team? Ooh, let's see. The main thing is I want to be able to say to my team at any given time, individual members of my teams, I see you, I hear you, and I want this to be a journey that you enjoy too. So in order to do that, I have to know what what inspires you. So I love bringing this work into how we do what we do as well. So, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I want to come be on your team. (laughs) Oh wait, I am. on my team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love it. Deirdre, I don't know if you were able to read the McKinsey report on Black-owned businesses. Um, So McKinsey is saying that healthy Black-owned businesses are a critical component to closing the Black-white wealth gap, but the COVID-19 pandemic has caused the gap to widen. What do you think Black-owned businesses need most right now? Oh, gosh. Yes, I have read the report and it spoke to something that's incredibly important to me because part of my life's work is helping to change the trajectory of wealth in the Black community. And uh, what I think that Black entrepreneurs and Black businesses need right now is access to both capital and learning and opportunity to grow. Um, And so capital for capital's sake is great, and we don't always get enough of it, but we also need sales. You know, we need people to buy our products and our services and and tell their friends that they're doing so. So, you know, the the access to growth that is available in the marketplace is what we need most right now. 
I think awareness is a big challenge right now for Hello Health in particular. You know, just yeah. getting getting it out there that we are black owned, that you that you should buy our services because we're really good at what we do. You know, it's it's just been really difficult getting getting through the clutter that is the media sometimes. Yeah, it is. It can be. And that's where I think doing the work that I do, I, in addition to or prior to opening concert, I've been working consulting for more than 20 years. And all of my sales and business development was really relational. So a lot of the opportunities come with getting out there into the spaces with people you know and the people that those people know. Um, so yeah, the traditional media is is flooded now with a lot of clutter. Um, and it, when that happens, and this is also just a life rule, I drop it down into my relationships and the flow of relationships in my life. And that's where I think we have an opportunity with Hello Health as well. It's interesting. I Do you think that the Zooming is helping build relationships wider, like casting a wider net, or is it getting in the way of those deeper connections? Because I would say I'm probably better one-on-one than I am in a big group. Well, I will tell you, you're you're amazing both ways. Um, <laughs> in, in each way that I've this engaged with you. This is why I you. love you. <laughs> Just <laughs> come I, <laughs> sit on my shoulder. And anytime, be a little anytime. mini. <laughs> I'll set up shop right there. But you know, I interestingly enough, pre-COVID, working in the coaching part of my practice, we were pretty well adept at creating intimate spaces with people virtually. So we're probably of that um, not as popular notion that it's possible. I don't think that we've done it. Uh, we've done ourselves a disservice by being virtual. I do think that there are also some folks that are much more accessible virtually than not. So, you know, I, you know, there's nothing beats looking into someone's eyes and standing across from them and feeling their energy. But I, I don't think that it has to be a plan B to be virtual. It's just another way. It's another option. I received that as we started doing our workshops um, on Zoom, mostly is the platform we've been using. I noticed that we could actually offer a pretty personalized experience because all health topics end up being personal. So there was a there was a benefit to Mm -hmm. being virtual. uh, But now I am looking forward to getting back to in person, but mostly for myself rather than for the (laughs) audience. Honestly, there's just not a lot of give back on the screen Mm -hmm. and the energy in the room, you know, it's hard to tell if you're even like, how are you being taken? It's so true. I just had my uh, first two in-person sessions in more than a year. And there's, there's something really powerful about being in the holding space with folks. So I know we're planning to continue our virtual offerings in addition to, it just won't have to be the default. So yeah, nothing beats that energy in person. Well, nothing beats your energy in person. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. What's your perspective on how we help build a supportive ecosystem for Black-owned businesses, Mm. especially in the United States? Um, I think any ecosystem building starts with actually being in relationship with those who are being served. 
Um, so it starts with not guessing with uh, and not assuming what the Black entrepreneur needs, but being in relationship with them and actually asking and hearing the depth of it and what it will mean. Um, not And I also know that we're not one, one size fits all. So some um, things are unique to products and services or if you're, you know, where your audiences are. But at the end of the day, it starts with being in relationship with them so that there has to be some degree of of access to sit down and say, okay, in the last month, what was your biggest challenge? How do I get you get that out of the way for you? You've served for a variety of nonprofit organizations. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite organization to serve now? Oh, that's a good question. But <laughs> I will tell you, I it's kind of like picking your favorite sibling or picking, pick, picking oh, your favorite no. family member. I, I don't have an individual just because there's a beauty in each, each one. And we have carved out space in our organization to actually serve the community. So it's not an extra mm-hmm. thing. It is something we seek out every year, every quarter. And we support organizations, honestly, whose mission touch us. Um, so I don't have an individual favorite, but some of the ones that I've worked with are doing work that help make the society we live in better. And who doesn't want that? So now I've heard you mention kind of sources of inspiration that you like to lead with inspiration, that you like to encourage your clients to go inward for their sources of inspiration. Um, why, how did that theme become resonant with you? Mm. Well, as a kid, I always saw um, patterns in things and I wasn't sure what that meant. I thought everybody saw those things. And I remember sitting down and talking with my mom about it shortly after the conversation about um, how much I loved words and I wish that I could hug them because I love them so much. Um, I, <laughs> I remember the sensation in my being when I read Robert Frost's poem about the road, let's travel. And I felt like he was talking to me. And there was something about going into uncharted spaces and being an explorer. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you're going into uncharted spaces, something has to spur you to keep going when it's dark or short or compressed and all. It gets dark a lot there. It does. Ah. And you can't see around corners (laughs) Ah. and all. So inspiration is what spurs us. It's the engine of life. And so it's really important to keep that thing healthy and, uh, and you feed it. Do you feed it daily? I do. I do. do. Mm -hmm. It's willing to share what what do you do over there to stay inspired and enthusiastic (laughs) and energized and smile like that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I am a I am a lover of uh, philosophy and poetry. Um, And, you know, reading in general, I love people's stories. There's power in it. So I read stories. I allow myself to be immersed in my imagination, kind of feed that beast a little bit. I make sure that I'm in dialogue, not just the tick the boxes kind of dialogue, but that rich, I see you, I hear you kind of dialogue. It inspires me and feeds the beast. And also I am an introvert who plays an extrovert on TV. So uh-huh. quiet, quiet time serves. Um, music is something that is, uh, I need like air. So I have it playing as the back backdrop and soundtrack at all times. So I find it in art. I find it in my work. I find it in relationships like ours. It's just uh, all things, nature, you name it. Did you know you're the reason I advocate everyone take a 90-day rest 
slash oh. personal retreat every season. I love that. No, but I, I dig that. That's fantastic. When did you learn the value of digital breaks and personal retreat? Oh, believe it or not, I was pretty young. Um, I was a little bit of an odd bird. I was very involved, but I also could tell when I needed that downtime. And growing up on the coast, I grew up in the South in Mobile, Alabama, and there are just times that my soul needs to be near water. And I just learned to listen to what was beckoning my soul at that time. Sometimes it was to just take a space and go to the beach. Sometimes it was find a nook in the house with a book and just lose myself. But there's something about refueling that happens and that disconnect. And as technology becomes all the amazing things that it is in our lives, nothing replaces finding that quiet space to touch with, get in touch with your heart and your soul. It is so hard to find Mm -hmm. quiet. It is. So, you know, I was on the hunt for quiet because we were confined to the house for so long and people yes. were then mowing their lawns. It was just a racket, you know, then then all the renovations started. So there's just like a lot of racket. New decks are being built all day long, it seems. Right. Yes. There's even a mariachi band playing on the radio for the for the crew. How do you actually find quiet? Tell oh us. Ah. <laughs> I will tell you, you know, all the word that just keeps coming to mind as you describe that is just the cacophony of life. Oh as, yes. As we as we all sort of locked in, I and I was just convinced that my lawn crew came exactly when I was starting <laughs> meetings. They planned it. It oh, was definitely. a whole thing. Yeah. The airplanes start going over the podcast. <laughs> Everybody <studio>. knew it. <laughs> they were conspiring. You know, a big place to find quiet is I always make sure there's some space in my home that is on the interior. It's a little bit cooler and darker. And I just kind of have that as my hold space. And in, and right now it's a, it's a guest room, but even in my office, um, I would find that space in a corner that I could put on my earphones and I could choose myself. I'm using technology in service of the quiet, but sometimes there's an opportunity to do that as well. So when I was really looking for the quiet, I got into one of those salinated float tanks that where they close you in and, and you float because it's that hypertonic, yes. that the fluid is that hypertonic to get into. Yes. And even then it's not quiet. Guess what you can hear? Your mind. You're, you could hear, well, <laughs> fair. You could hear your breathing and yes. your heartbeat. It's like, it's just not quiet. Your body is not quiet. That's so true. And so then it's just a matter of calming ourselves and finding quiet in the midst of sound. And that's a really interesting thing to do as well. So that's interesting. How do you find calm? Because mm-hmm. you always seem so cool, calm, and collected. Oh, you're very kind. You know, it's kind of like that duck on the top. It's a serene scene, but there's some stuff in there. I I will tell you, Zen, for me, a lot of it is just about really reminding myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because the what can speak really loud. The what can get in the way. The what can be a speed bump. But the why has breath. And the why has a touchstone and comfort and connection. And so honestly, for a minute, I'll just pause and say, okay, why am I doing this thing? What's on the other side of it? And that helps me in the moment. And then more broadly, when I can take more extended time to do that same thing. How do you keep yourself feeling healthy and strong so you can lead your team and support your clients? Is there a Glover special sauce? (laughs) Special sauce. Let's see. I think one of the 
one of the things that's very top of mind is making sure that I'm connecting with my team outside of the work. I want to connect with them as people because I want them to connect with their clients as people. So we make room to do that. And we believe very much in modeling the behavior we want to see. We believe that Gandhi quote of be the change you want to see. So we actually connect as people first. And that's that's something that serves all of us, I think. Um, as an entrepreneur, I learn you know, by the moment, as we've been talking about, one of my biggest lessons is that at any given moment, I could easily be doing 38 discrete different things. Oh, and each one, <laughs> each one could absolutely be the right thing, but I've chosen this one. So the others need to calm down for a minute and let me focus and get through this one and I can always change it. And so that is always a reminder too, that I've chosen what I'm doing for a reason. Let's just get it in. Um, and recognizing that we're not alone you know, having the folks that we can speak to. Um, one aspect of, long, uh, of entrepreneurship that is not discussed is it can be lonely, even if you have a partner, because there are fewer people who are involved in the decision-making and fewer people that are going to just tell you that unabashed truth, you know, in a moment. And few people see the risk profile that you've said, hey, yeah, I'm willing to take that risk to go and do this thing. So acknowledging that and finding whether it's a fellow entrepreneur or someone going through something similar, have your your people, your ecosystem that you can, can touch base with as well. Well, Deirdre Glover, we just really appreciate um, your time today. It's time for action steps. What steps do you recommend we take to help us feel clear and centered today? Oh, thank you so much, Carmen. This has been amazing. Uh, The first action step is to find your intent. If you can't name your why and your intention for the day or the moment, take time to find it. Take it. It's your time. Um, And when things are crazy and that cacophony comes up, you have it as a touchstone. That's one. Um, The second is, you know, while we live in the South and it's hot, nature serves us. So my good friend Carmen always reminds me that going for a walk is one of the best things we can do for ourselves in a given day. So that is another action. And the, the third is acknowledging growth. No matter what it is, what did we learn? Even if something was, hey, it didn't turn out like I thought. But if we look at life as a laboratory versus a performance, there's room for every aspect of learning to serve us. So taking time to reflect and say, yeah, that thing worked out really well. I want to do more of that is really important. So those are my three things. Deja, thanks for laying down your wisdom for us. It's always great to hear your voice. It's been a true pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Carmen. And thank you for doing what you do. And thank you for listening to Hello Health today. As always, action steps, contact information, and social handles are posted in the show notes. Until next time, remember, today is good. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Because I am a medical doctor, it's important for me to tell you that nothing I say here in this podcast can substitute for your doctor's advice. My lawyers make me say the same thing this way. The contents of this podcast are neither intended nor implied to be relied on for medical diagnosis, care, or treatment concerning any individual. 
Under no circumstances does this podcast create a physician-patient relationship, nor does it constitute engagement in the practice of medicine or the provision of any healthcare service to an individual patient. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Consult a healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or to obtain guidance about any medical conditions. The producers of this podcast expressly disclaimed responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of reliance on the information contained in this podcast.